The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Shortest month of the year comes to a close and we get ready to roar into March. Alex Jewell on this episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Hard to believe, but another month gone by. It seems like every episode we do, Greg, it's into another season. Events getting over with, team seasons winding down. That's the case right now. Hard to believe basketball almost done for their regular season. It's the last week of competition in the regular season for both the men's and women's team. The women's team we know is out of the Mid-American Conference Tournament. They unfortunately will not be able to get themselves into the top eight seed to try to play for postseason glory. But Stan Heath's crew, a little bit different. If you like March Madness, tune in this week because... It is all coming down to the wire for men's basketball. So you're saying that there's a chance. That's all anybody can ask for. They don't quite have their own destiny in control. Even if the Eagles win out, they would need to make sure that two other teams don't fully win out because they are tied with Bowling Green and Northern Illinois right now with five wins apiece. Miami, one game ahead of them. And then you get the monkey that throws it all in a wrench in Central Michigan. We'll have played two games less than everybody else in the league, but the league says that doesn't matter. It's only one game. If so, then you go to -to head-to-head. Of course, the Eagles swept the chips, but two wins, not enough to overpower. So CMU in the driver's seat, they have to win against the Broncos on Tuesday and then against the Red Hawks in Millette Hall on Friday. CMU only a game up in the standings, but because of that ruling from the conference, it's virtually two games. So I think you have to look at it if you're following at home, like CMU is maybe already in. So just consider them the seven seed. Now it's about who is that last team that gets in. If you're Eastern Michigan, you have to beat NIU, or excuse me, you have to beat Miami on Saturday when you close out your season. You definitely have to beat Western starting tomorrow night. So if you do that, you're already ahead of Western. They can't catch you. Miami, You'd finish with the same record in conference, but you would have beat them twice, so you'll get the nod there. And then you just need Bowling Green to drop a game, and you need NIU to drop a game as well. So uh, not too hard of an order if you're if you're following at home. As some would say, harder than others. It's not where you want to be because, like you said earlier, Greg, you don't really want other teams to help you have to control your destiny. But on the positive side, if you're Stan Heath, you're looking at it and saying, you know what, we just need to take care of business on our court first on Tuesday and then get a win on the road on Saturday. And you feel pretty good about where you're at because uh, there's some challenging matches matchups on the other side of the aisle this week. Yeah, there certainly are. And you want to get in. But the prize that awaits the team at the end of this is none other than the top-seeded Rockets of Toledo. They have basically surplanted themselves as the number one seed. Number two, three, and four, a little still all left out there. If the tournament ended today, uh, Ohio would be the number two seed, Buffalo the three, and Kent State. But once again, it's another one of those oddities because Buffalo would have should have played Central Michigan, didn't. So that puts them ahead of Kent State, even though... 
the Bulls have less wins than the Golden Flashes do. I'll tell you what. Uh, you can send all comments, concerns, and complaints to the MAC office in downtown Cleveland. This whole bracketology, especially in the era of COVID, hopefully it's the last time we'll ever have to deal with this because teams, some have not played as many games as others. Some have played more than certain teams. So a lot of that's mixing up. No time to reschedule those games before the tournament starts next week. So how does that match up? happen and how do you go through those numbers the conference has laid out some tiebreakers you can find those on their website but a lot of things are still moving we do know that Toledo is the one seed here's the thing Greg I think if you asked Stan Heath he would tell you the same thing but I think it's a benefit to play the one seed early on if you're going into the tournament as a low seed and Eastern Michigan like we said the chance they have to get in is as the, as the eight seed you want to be the three seed or the two seed but that's not the case if you're going in as the low seed why not play the one seed right away? Don't let them get to Cleveland and get comfortable. It'll be the first day that they're in Cleveland. It'll be the first day you're in Cleveland. You have to beat them eventually anyways, so maybe try to knock them off first. Because if you do knock them off, you're going to be you're not going to be favored in any game, no matter who you play it as the eighth seed, right? But if you get the chance to upset the one seed right away, by the way, the, the MAC does it interestingly where the one seed plays the earliest yep. game in the first day, so sometimes people believe that it's easier to knock off the team. We've seen Central Michigan on the women's side as the one seed go down in that first game in just the past couple of well, years. Well, and you've seen we've top seen one seed absolutely a we've lot seen one seed struggle. So I think if you take some momentum, get that win, and then you have to be feeling like, okay, if we do knock off the one seed, we've got a lot of momentum and we're playing a team that's on paper not as good. All of a sudden you can start working your way into that semifinal, maybe that final picture. So a lot of things have to happen yep. before that comes to fruition. But I think there's ways to turn this into a positive for sure for Eastern Michigan. Certainly are. We hope to be talking basketball still once again this time next week. Uh, and if, if we are, it means good things happened this week. We do also have to congratulate men's track and field for bringing home another indoor championship. They were able to string together enough points to bring it home from Kent, Ohio. It's their 17th MAC indoor track and field championship. And once again, adds to the wall at the uh, Student Athletic Performance Center for team championship number 155. That's right. Another great performance. Congratulations to Sue Parks, Mark Rinker, that entire staff for what they've been able to do with this indoor track season. Back-to-back -back championships for them. We say it all the time. We joke about it, but it's not a joke at all. Anytime Eastern Michigan track and field on the women's or men's side has a chance to go out and compete for a championship, you feel good about the opportunity for them to potentially bring home that gold. They did it again this time around. So congratulations to everybody on, on that side of the program, every student athlete for all the work that they've done. And yes, if you're wondering, Greg said indoor, in college athletics, track and field is split into an indoor season and an outdoor season. So still another chance yet this spring for the track and field athletes to move outdoors and to, champ uh, to grab yet another championship crown. So a lot of exciting momentum on that side of things. So congratulations again to Sue Parks. What she's done since taking over both the men's and women's track programs has been nothing short of incredible. Women's team finished as the runner-up. They finished behind Akron there. So they will next head to the indoor track and field championships here very shortly. We also wrapped up the swimming and diving campaign as uh, Derek Perkins and company finished middle of the pack at the Max Swimming and Diving Championship down in Bowling Green. Ohio. We get ready for more championships. The next championships that will be handed out, of course, will be gymnastics as they 
will uh, be on the road this weekend to battle uh, Kent at the Triangular down there on Sunday. But it's a very busy week. It's spring break week, which means plenty of teams on the road in nice, warm locations that we need to figure out how to get on those trips <laughs> next year. We, Tennis will be down in Florida. Baseball's at Moorhead State. Uh, rowing is down at Alabama. Uh, it, there's just people and places all over the place. Well, that means it's time to give our weekly plug that if you're looking to follow any team specifically, you can always visit emueagles.com. Every team has a page, a homepage, and they're great to follow via the web, but you can also follow social media. Of course, every team at Eastern Michigan has their own social media pages, so either go to the website or look them up on socials, and it's a great place to follow along with your favorite teams, your student-athletes, all week long. And of course, you can always check back in here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. We'll do our best to bring you updates every week on what's going on around all of the sports, not so many on campus right now, but around all of the campuses. And you're right, Greg, I think we do need to figure out how we can start doing some remote location shows from Florida. Speaking of remote, we went remote this week, and we go a little outside of our norm for this week's conversation. Alex and I caught up with a EMU alum that's done major things in his career, starting here by using his tape recorder. First, sitting in the stands at either Bowen Fieldhouse or O-Strike Stadium, we are joined by Rob Powers this week on an extended conversation. He's been everywhere. He's now the, the lead evening anchor in Cleveland, but before that, he was in New York as well as Toledo, really making himself a name. A really well-known name. First made his name in sports casting, but then has since transitioned over to the news anchor side of things. Greg, you mentioned it. Did a lot of work in Toledo for plenty of years. Won four Emmys out of Toledo. Became the... Uh, sports anchor out of the flagship ABC station in New York. So if anybody ever tuned into the station out there, you'll absolutely recognize Rob Powers now, of course, doing uh, what he loves in his hometown of Cleveland, bringing the news every night. So a really incredible conversation. It's so cool to hear his journey and how much of it has been shaped by Eastern Michigan. Uh, some of the names he still brings up, some of the stories that he has about campus. I think it's a really, really awesome interview, whether you care about nightly, nightly news or not, or, or broadcasting. It's just an awesome story about the impact that Eastern Michigan had on his life. Well, and we are so gracious to him. He worked us around his schedule, and due to time constraints, the interviews are slightly different than the normal interview. But because he, of with the current war in Ukraine going on, had to leave us to get ready to go cover some stories in Cleveland because they had such a deep Ukrainian population. So it just shows the, the news never stops. And and we were so happy he could still join us. The news never stops, and we we very much appreciate him being able to still accommodate us. Greg mentioned it, a little bit different format. Usually you hear a full interview where Greg and I are asking more extended questions. We give pretty raw interviews on this podcast and leave a lot of things in. This day, Today, it's pretty cut down, but here's the thing. Everything that Rob said is absolutely still in there. The difference is me and Greg are, are usually, well, me more than anybody, a little bit long-winded, so I cut down that just a little bit. So what you'll hear is more of a narrative interview where I'll bring in the topic, say what Greg or I asked, but more in a nutshell, and then go right into the full audio for Rob answering on that topic. So don't worry, you won't miss any second of what he had to say. 
you'll just miss out on a little bit of me and Greg's banter. We have plenty of banter. We've got almost 11 minutes here. We know you want to get to the meat of this show, and we certainly want you to hear it. Follow along all week long. Eastern trying to punch its ticket to Cleveland, and hopefully this time next week we'll be previewing our travels to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. We will be previewing it. Good juju all the way. Eastern Michigan men's basketball. They're going to get it done this week. Follow along all week long and send some love from wherever you're at. We got to take a break. Alex and I on the other side of this. We're joined by Rob Powers. For 82 years, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has been and continues to be committed to families all across Michigan. By providing access to care however, wherever, and whenever they need it, Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Rob Powers is an Eastern Michigan graduate of 1988 and a 2012 EMU Alumni Association Award winner and currently serves as the nighttime news anchor in the Cleveland area at WEWS-TV, the ABC affiliate for the city. He's got a longstanding career in media and broadcasting and we're so pleased to be joined by him today. Greg and I had the chance to ask him plenty of questions. For timing purposes, I will summarize the question that was asked and then you'll hear from Rob Powers in his answer. So first off, of course, the basic question question that Greg started out with was how did somebody from Northeast Ohio born and raised in Cleveland end up at Eastern Michigan? Eastern Michigan accepted me. It was very easy. (laughs) No, you know, uh, way back when, when I was looking, I I did look for uh, a right fit for me. And I'll tell you, from the first time we walked on campus, I, I felt at home at Eastern. I thought it was a place where I could be comfortable and where I, I could thrive academically and socially as well. So I, I, I really, it was the perfect fit. After that answer, I asked Rob a little bit about his passion for broadcasting and when did he find that passion and when did he know it was something that he wanted to do? Yeah, it wasn't decided at Eastern, but the, the dream grew at Eastern. Uh, I went to school with the sole intent of being a sports broadcaster. I, my father was in uh, he, he broadcast games. He was a color commentator for 26 years here in Cleveland. Uh, so on Friday nights, when I was a little guy, I would go with him for another night to spend, you know, with the old man, just me and him. I'm the youngest of seven. So it was, it was a, a thrill just to be with my dad by myself. But then as the years went by, I really got interested in what the, the people were doing in the, in the trucks with all the buttons and, and the cameras. Thought that was fascinating. So I would spend uh, it, it grew into I would spend half the game with my dad in the booth and the other half in the trucks uh, watching everything happen. So while I was not known for my academic prowess in high school, uh, once I got to college, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And from day one, I, I planned, you know, exactly how the next four years of my life would go. I walked into WQBR, I think my first week on campus. Uh, as soon as I, I did some stuff there, I walked into WEMU and asked for, for a job there. So everything we did, as a matter of fact, I started bugging uh, the CTA professors for a sports broadcasting class when I was a freshman. And they finally brought one on uh, by the time I was a senior. And even though it was a level 100 class, um, in no uncertain terms, they told me, you will take this class. <laughs> you must take the, you're the one that hounded us. You got to take this class. You know that Greg and I are history buffs. Greg knows history more than anybody I know. And so he had to ask Rob about being on campus 
in the late 1980s, Eastern Michigan, of course, had gone to the Cal Bowl. Basketball was becoming a power in the conference, and Rob was here for a lot of that. And so certainly we knew it must have been a special opportunity for him to be a part of that. And he gave us his answer about what it was like to be on campus in the 1980s. I loved it because at the time I lived in Best Hall. And that's that's where that was the uh, the athletes dorm. So I saw people I saw athletes uh, just walking down the hall. You know, you, you saw people. And, and so when you went to games or you even read about games or saw them on TV, you thought, wow, I just bumped into Ronnie Adams in the elevator, you know, uh, but that that football team, I, I loved it. I uh, my sweet mates were Scott Weika and Eric Toe, offensive lineman, uh, edge rusher, uh, Scotty was. So you had a vested interest in what was happening on the football field. Uh, basketball, uh, at the time that they went to the NCAA tournament, I was working at WEMU. So, and, and like I said, I knew the players. So wherever they gathered for uh, that announcement. It's not like it is today with the ESPN cameras everywhere. Uh, wherever they gathered for the announcement of the NCAA tournament, I, I went uh, and I brought my tape recorder under my jacket. And as soon as the announcement was made, I got sound with some of the fellas and ran back to the radio station and cut it up. And I just remember people, well, how'd you get this? How'd you, I said, well, <laughs> you do what you got to do. And so I was there. Uh, and then even uh, even baseball, a lot of the guys on my floor were, were baseball players. And, and that was just it was fun to watch people in class, in life and then on a field. You know, you, you pretty much saw the whole thing. And for somebody who wanted to do what I did uh, for so long, it was the perfect training ground. I would go to baseball games and sit in the top row with my tape recorder and broadcast games to an audience of one, me. I would go back to the dorm room and just listen to that. Uh, Jim Streeter eventually gave me a seat on press row for women's basketball games. I would do the same thing. I would broadcast a game into a tape recorder. Uh, Basketball games for for men, same thing. Uh, Football, I didn't do much for football games except watch, (laughs) to tell you the truth, because I had fun. But other than that, uh, it was the perfect training ground for, for something like that because it was, uh, like you said, it was an exciting time with that Cal Bowl win. Uh, even in our broadcasting classes, um, some of our projects centered around that championship uh, season and that championship win. I, we just had a blast, and it was the perfect time for, for somebody doing what I wanted to do. Everybody has influences in their life that help them get to where they're at, and certainly that is no different for Rob Powers. I asked him a little bit about some of the influences that he had while he was at Eastern Michigan and how they helped him provide for his career. You know, in the CTA department, uh, there's a guy, uh, Swisher, who he, he I felt he always believed in me, uh, and I, I did well in his classes because of that. I, when I started, I was the guy in the back of the class with a baseball hat on, just kind of there. By the end of it, you know, you move, I moved closer to him at the front of the room because I was interested in what he was, what he was doing. He called me into his office one day and uh, told me that he had put me up for what they called the speech service award uh, to help with tuition a little bit. Um, so that, that always meant the world to me because I, I felt not only did this guy teach? Not only did I feel he valued me in his class, 
but then he went the extra mile and knew that, you know, my financial situation wasn't fantastic. So he did something to help that. I thought that was, that was an early lesson that you can, you can help people along the way. Um, other than that, Jim Streeter was great to me, uh, just by giving me that seat and, because he knew I, I was going to be there anyway. And I was buying tickets to go to these games. So he, he, he allowed me to, you know, go on a press pass and, and, and sit there and do what I did. Um, I, I sent Ben Braun a thank you letter um, after a season, um, expecting nothing. I expected that was, that was done. And, and Ben Braun sent me a letter back. Uh, and, and to know that, that he was encouraging uh, what was at that time, just a, a, a dream of a career that he was encouraging it. I, I thought, wow, okay, maybe I can really do this. So yeah, uh, Karen Pittman at WEMU when I was there, she was great to me. She taught me so much about how to do radio, uh, what it, what it takes beyond airtime, you know, the, the work that goes into it when you're not on air. Uh, I, I like to think that she had a lot to do with that. And, uh, people that, you know, I haven't talked to in years probably have no idea of the effect that they had. So that's what I tell younger people. Now you have no idea of the lives that you touch along the way. I mentioned a little bit about Rob's track record. If you look at it, he's had stops in places like Binghamton, New York, Indianapolis, then worked in Toledo for a number of years, won four Emmys while he was there in Toledo, became a play-by-play announcer for the Mud Hens and a few other area schools before going to ABC in New York City to be their sports anchor at their flagship station, and of course now leading the nighttime news coverage in Cleveland. So all of that being said, it's an impressive track record. And Greg asked Rob about the fact that he has been so many places and all the experiences he has. Does he ever pinch himself or look back at his career and think, wow, I've really come a long way. Yeah. I think when it's all done, I'll do that a little more. Uh, as events go past, there's always that moment where you say, well, that was, that was pretty cool. And I hope, I hope that never changes because that to me means it still means something to you. Uh, being at a world series or being at the super bowl or the Stanley cup finals or the NBA finals, you're so in the moment of I've got to do this, 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 and this, and then I got to go do it on TV. You're so in the moment of, of advancing whatever story you have, talking to whoever you have to do, running out to the live truck and doing it, and and then getting back home. You're so in the moment that you don't have a chance to think of it. But every once in a while, you'll sit back. Uh, I have a, a, a photo in uh, in my office of me and. Derek Jeter that he signed for me. And, uh, it's just the two of us at Yankee stadium. And I, I keep that up to remind me to, to stay, you know, to never forget that, that this, what we do is kind of special. What we do is kind of neat. Uh, and and that was a neat moment, but you're right. There are times when you, you think back and say, Holy cow, how lucky am I, you know, uh, sitting at, at a super bowl where I'm, I'm there to cover a game and, uh, at halftime, I can finally sit down. Oh my gosh, it's the Rolling Stones, you know. <laughs> it's like we're doing but it's it's been neat the 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 transition then to news with uh, with what we do now every day in, in serving a, a local community. I, it, it's been it's it's been a great ride. And it's not over yet. There's no doubt that everybody that has success gets that one big break. So I asked Rob for him, what does he consider as his big break in broadcasting? I, I, I'm going to tell you. Right, I, I, and I'm not. I'm not just telling you this. 
I knew from the moment I went to Eastern where my career was going to go, what, what I know where, where it would go, but what I was going to do, there was no plan B. There was no fallback plan. This was going to work or, or not. Uh, so every step along the way I've, I've thought has been my big break, uh, walking into WQBR and having them say, even though it was a progressive or alternative rock station, they gave me a 15 minute sports talk show, 15 minutes on a Wednesday where I would walk up and down the halls of best hall and knock on doors to my friends and say, Hey, cause you know, the radio station was right across the street. So we would run over, do a 15 minute show and, and they were done. It was, it was great. Karen Pittman saying, yes, you can, you can do sports at WEMU. Uh, Dean Adams hired me in Binghamton, New York. I thought that was big. Larry Pond brought me on in Indianapolis. I always thought that was big. Uh, David Zamichow and Janet Hundley brought me in Toledo. I thought that was big. Kenny Plotnick saw me and said, come to New York. I thought that was big. Uh, and then I, I did some stuff on uh, Good Morning America weekend. I was starting to do a little news in New York and people in Cleveland saw me. Uh, Jeff Harris and Steve Weinstein saw me and said, would you like to do this back home? So I've thought everywhere, every step along the way has been the, the, the big break. You know, it, I don't think it ever stopped. I don't think one is bigger than the other. Um, the job is the job. And as long as you can continue to do it, the years start piling up and the good, uh, the work that you do continues to pile up. Rob spent a lot of his time and a lot of his career covering sports, but has since made the change to news. So Greg asked about that transition in the next question. I, I always say the view of the world changed drastically, just moving one seat over. Um, but you brought up the powers back. That's one of the, my favorite things that we that I've ever been involved with. I still hear from people, hey, I was on the powers pack in, in 2002. I still have the tape. I, I love that stuff because that's exactly why we did what we did. We didn't care about ratings that one night, you know, Friday nights, we didn't care. We just we just wanted it to be fun for the kids that were playing, the kids that were cheering, the kids that were in the band, the kids that were in the stands. That's exactly why we did that show the way we did. Uh, it was for them and not just athletes. It was, we tried to include, we, we invited it. Like you said, we, we, we had mascots come into the station. We tried to include everybody. We, we included people selling popcorn in the stands. I, thanks for bringing that up because that's a, a special time uh, in, in my career. Well, but everybody the, wanted to do it. It was so fun. Oh, we're just going to do the game. And you were, we wanted to include everything about the atmosphere. We, uh, I, I remember Dave Holmes asked me, well, which one of these do we cover? And I looked at him and I said, you cover them all. What do you mean? That that's what we do. So we we tried to we tried to bring bring everybody in the tent. And if ratings went up, so be it. But we just tried to include as many uh, kids and families as we could. And we we tried to pack everything in. And we had what 20, 25 minutes. We tried to pack everything in as well as games. You know, the games were just as important as or no more important than anything else we did with the bands and the cheerleaders. But that was, uh, I, I, we love the powers pack. It was fantastic. You know, the powers pack, let me tell you this, the powers pack started, the, the name powers pack started in Binghamton, New York. Uh, I was doing sports early in my career and there was a high school, uh, I would walk into high school and, and we had a, a good following with, with high school kids. So I would walk in the gym for basketball and the cheering section would go, crazy yay <laughs> only because they knew they were, i was going to shoot them yeah. but eventually they put a big uh uh bed sheet over the cheering section and they called themselves the powers pack 
so that's how that all started. It was a bed sheet in a gym in Binghamton, New York. Uh, and and I'm sorry to say this, but when the other sports anchors would come into their gym to shoot games, they would boo. And after a while, those sports anchors didn't come to that gym anymore because they just got booed. And I would walk in, they'd go crazy. So we took that, and I have a picture of that. And then somebody in Toledo saw the picture and said, why don't we just center our high school coverage around that name? And that's that's how we brought it to Toledo. We all know that sportscasters have the opportunity to be at a lot of different games, events, special moments throughout their career. And so, of course, I had to ask Rob, what were maybe one or two of the moments that most stick out to him from his longstanding career? Uh, absolutely. And and when I wrote that for the bio uh, or told someone what to write for the bio, I had specific stories in mind. You're exactly right. Story in Toledo, a uh, young kid with cerebral palsy in an electric wheelchair, uh, was the manager for the uh, youth football team. Um Final game. I mean, we've seen the stories. Final game, they put him in shoulder pads in a jersey. He's still in his chair. And uh, they put him in for a play. And the other kids, we're talking kids. We're talking 10-year-olds. And they got it. The kids on the other team got it. Uh, They handed off. They put the ball in his lap. And he weaved his electric wheel. This was at the glass ball. He weaved his chair up and down, you know, across the field. And the kids from the other team dove like they were trying to tackle him and he got away. And, you know, and the kids scored a touchdown. You know, wow. Isn't that great? Isn't that why we do what we do? That's That was fantastic. That was, yes, sports, but so far away from anything that had to do with sports. It was about somebody achieving uh, a lifelong dream, right? Something that 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 was made possible through the vehicle of sport. And that's when we talked uh, talked about that bio. That's that's what I had in mind. That story was great. Um, anything I well, what I always tell people is, yes, I, I when I was doing sports, I, I loved the big events, loved them, loved them, thrived in them, loved being on the sidelines for stuff like that. But I got as much thrill out of Tommy Thompson's first three-pointer, Jane Doe's first soccer goal, as I did from anything else. And I'll tell you why. Because those people, five years later, you would see them, you know, at at the gas station or at the grocery store and say, hey, uh, you you showed my very first touchdown and, and I still have the tape. Right? That's, that's, to me, that's why we did what we did. This is the Eastern Insider. So Greg Steiner asked Rob Powers, how much do you still keep cabs here on Eastern Michigan? Okay, so uh, I don't get back as much as I want to. That That's on me. Uh, we had planned to go to a football game last season. Didn't happen for a number of reasons. Have plans with uh, one of my old roommates, actually, to, to go uh, this year. Chris Gibson and I have, have uh, linked back up, and we're going to go to a game this year. Uh, have watched stuff on TV. Anytime there's something on TV with football or basketball, big game, we'll, we'll stop and watch the, the bowl games and things like that. Um, but the connection I feel with Ypsilanti and, and the school itself, uh, still there, never went away. It's uh, very proud of my time at Eastern Michigan, very proud to be counted as as an alum of that school. Uh, whenever anything uh, comes up and people start talking about 
where they're from. Because I'll, I'll tell you one reason why I'm very proud of it. Because when I, uh, you know, I, it, it wasn't written in stone that this was going to work out, that it was going to be a success. Uh, but I stuck to it at Eastern. And when things started to go my way a little bit while I was in college grade-wise and things like that, I had people tell me that I had to transfer. I, I, you have to go to Syracuse. You have to go to Missouri. If you're serious about doing what you say you want to do, you've got to leave that place. And I never bought into that because Eastern had everything I wanted. More importantly, Eastern gave me uh, the opportunity and the freedom to make it what I wanted, to make it what I needed it to be. Uh, I could do things at Eastern that I thought I didn't know that I couldn't do them anywhere else. But I thought, wow, where else could I do what I just did? By that, I mean, if somebody needed somebody to anchor their news, their newscast in a class, I, my hand was up. I'll do that. So I didn't, maybe I didn't do audio that day, but I, I did what I wanted to do because I knew I was going to be hopefully in front of the camera as a career. So I, I was able to do that along the way, but uh, my connection to the school is is still there. Uh, my my son is, is one of my sons is a, a pretty good baseball player, and I I told him you know you know where's a good place to go for baseball. <laughs> I then asked Rob to give his advice to those that may be in college or younger that are trying to break into the hard industry of broadcasting. You know I tell people all the time, uh, and, and and it's it's cliche and you've heard it a thousand times in, in self-help books, but the best ability is availability. Somebody calls, you say, yes, you're, you're there and you're there on their schedule, uh, whatever they need. When you're starting out, you answer the phone and you, you go, you, you say yes and you go do it. Uh, that's my number one, but you have to, you have to believe in yourself because there are going to be people who don't believe in you. There's gotta be one person in your corner. Even if that one person's you, you've got to be your best cheerleader, your best fan. You've got to believe in yourself for anything to happen. So then you move it, you progress uh, along the way. Um, and hopefully more people jump on the bandwagon and, and support you as well. Uh, but you just keep at it. And, and a program like the one you just mentioned at Eastern, what, what, a, what a thrill, what a, what a, what a gift, right, to, to have that at your disposal to know that you get to do real stuff. This isn't pretend you're really doing it. I didn't get that uh, in, in my career until later on. Um, so what a gift that would be. I love broadcasting games. That's uh, sports casting can be split into doing, you know, anchor stuff and, and doing play by play or, or, uh, you know, location stuff. Uh, I love doing play-by-play -play for, I did baseball, basketball, and football. I just, what a great training ground. And, you know, like I said, the, the, the class at Eastern that we started um, when I was a senior, uh, we just watched tapes and pretended to do play-by-play -play at our desks. And then uh, it was a football game. And I used the names of the guys that I played with uh, as, as the people. So quarterback was John Wrights and John Wrights would pitch to Kevin Adams and Kevin Adams would throw to Bobby LeBanc. So other kids in the class like, How, wow, how'd you know their names? I don't know their names. I just made them up. <laughs> Finally, I made a comment that Rob has come a long way since broadcasting on a tape recorder from the top of Ostrek stadium. And this is how he had to finish up the interview. You, you say that, but I'll, I'll tell you, 
there's a reason this old guy sitting on the other end of the phone remembers that because it's a great memory. It, it was the start of everything to, to be on that campus and, and trudge around with my big tape recorder and go sit at those games and walk into, you know, Bowen field house. Like I was a big shot or something and, you know, sit on press row. I thought it, that's, that's where it all started. And, 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 and what a great place to start. It was, it was just fantastic. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room, and that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield and presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.